Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show everyone is talking about because they love listening to the Money Wise radio show here on WBSM with the Money Guys, our protectors, Ray and Peter Lance, and good morning to both. Good Sunday morning, Phil. Good, good Sunday morning. morning, Peter. Good morning, and uh, I've already wished you a happy birthday on your regular birthday, but happy belated birthday. Indeed. For those listening, my father... Uh, Turned, I think, what was it, 54 on Tuesday? No, 35. <laughs> well, anyways, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We have a special guest this morning that we're going to announce in a few moments. Right now, she's a mystery guest. So we'll uh, wait just a couple of minutes before we introduce our mystery guest. Phil, I'd like to ask you a question. Okay. Can you identify the famous Greek philosopher who said, there are two things a person should never be angry at. What they can help and what they cannot. Hmm. I think we should go now with Plato. Plato was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Plato. <laughs> there are no clues or hints this morning. No clues this time. Congratulations. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> you know what else he said? No. He said, uh, um, when you uh, celebrate a birthday, the best advice is never act your age. <laughs> Well, we, we try not to do that anyway, don't that's we? It. That's how you stay young. We have to act our age on the radio, but otherwise we don't. <laughs> so I need to read something to you uh, also from my dear friend, uh, Benjamin Franklin. I wake up every morning at 9 and grab for the morning paper. Then I look at the obituary page. If my name is not on it, I get up. <laughs> but again, talking about famous ex- Whoops, my mic slipped. <laughs> Talking about famous expressions of Benjamin Franklin that have crept into our our uses, everyday usage of language, our lexicon of language. Um, how many people have you heard say that before? Yeah, I look at the obituary page every day and see if my name is on it. Sure. That's from Ben Franklin. He started that. So he's he's absolutely one of my favorites, as I've mentioned so many, many times. And my other favorite one, very short in... Pithy, P-I-T-H-Y, pithy. A penny saved is a penny earned. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. again, kudos to Benjamin Franklin. They were mentioning him the other day and uh, George Washington as being two great masons. Yes. Um, the uh, History Channel was mentioning Ben Franklin. He was uh, really quite an amazing man, you know, really the first printing press in this country, and then he published a paper, and as I mentioned so many times, just as you do on the radio, you have to fill content. And so he had to put content into his paper every day. So he, he was a great writer. And just so many expressions that we use in our language today, mm-hmm. a penny saved is a penny earned. Uh, mm-hmm. That's from our dear friend Ben Franklin. Mm-hmm. So without further ado. Well, with further ado, just for one moment, I just wanted to mention very briefly where we are from before we introduce our special guest. And Good also... Idea. Wanted to thank those of you who have been calling in. Um, we enjoy getting the feedback, even if we can't, um, even if we don't have a, a, an answer for you right away. We'll be happy to get back to you if you do have any questions. And we've been getting some calls um, quite uh, frequently lately with people who say that they listen to the show regularly, uh, that they enjoy the show, and they've had questions for us. Um, most of them are on the topic of what we deal with on a daily basis, and if not, we'll still help to get you an answer. Yep, we're 
actually having people calling and asking for reports. Mm-hmm. And the way people can yeah. the way people ahead. can yeah. reach us mm-hmm. is by calling 508-998-8858. And when you call, ask for Peter. <laughs> ask for Peter directly. Well, <laughs> lately, we've been getting some calls from people saying that they're looking for Peter or Ray. So ah, we don't know sure. what it is right away. And when we get the call transferred to us, it's it's nice to hear that it's a, a listener. So thank right. you for calling. And we enjoy the feedback. And we're happy to help answer you your bet. questions. You bet. So now, without further ado. Uh-huh. Well, we're very pleased and privileged to have a very special guest with us this morning who happens to be my dear wife. And her name is Tenny Lance, also known as Attorney Tenny. Attorney Tenny Lance from Lance Law, Inc. And where are you located from, Tenny? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, right up the street from the Dartmouth Mall and almost directly across the street from the new UMass Dartmouth Law School. Welcome, Tenny. It's great to have you back. Well, today we're going to be talking, uh, ladies and gentlemen, about ways to protect your home and your other assets uh, from probate, estate taxes, and nursing homes. Mm-hmm. And something seems to be going on with my microphone. I'm not sure. Is that better? It's been almost two years since we've been doing a radio show of some form, and this is the first time we've ever had a technical issue, I think. Well, the microphone keeps slipping for some reason. <laughs> It has nothing to do with getting older. No, not not at uh, not at all. Yeah. So, Tenny, uh, first of all, let's tell ladies and gentlemen listening that uh, you are going to be doing some seminars on Cape Cod, and it's going to be on the subject of protecting your home and your other assets from probate, estate taxes, and nursing homes. And when are those seminars going to be? Well, we understand that there are people on the Cape who listen to this program, and we're very pleased about that for the uh, USA Wealth Group. Um, And so we'll announce that on Thursday, September 26th, at the Holiday Inn in Hyannis, we will be doing a seminar at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and at 6 p.m. in the evening. That's on a Thursday. That's a Thursday. And then on Saturday, September 28th, at the Four Points Sheraton in East Ham. We will be there at 10 a.m., and that, as I said, is a Saturday morning. So let's assume that somebody is listening, but they don't have a pen handy and they can't write this information down, but they might be interested in going to your seminar. Is there a number they could call and get more detailed information on how to do this? Sure. They may need a pen to write down the phone number, but it's 508-998-8. Eight zero zero, a fairly easy number to remember um, if you're good at numbers. <laughs> now, one of the okay. things I'd like to mention, uh, Phil, and to our listeners, is that one of the things that Tenny does at the law firm is have a whole series of handout materials that people might be interested in. We brought a few this morning to the radio station just mm-hmm. as samples. Sure. And for example, we have or she has, I should say, estate planning basics for families with young children, living trusts, calculating the benefits, asset protection, how to reduce risk and promote peace of mind with asset protection. That's, I think, primarily nursing home planning. Mm -hmm. 15 common reasons to do estate planning. And then, of course, uh, critical updates, three ways you can protect your cash under the new government rules. Hmm. And I assume that's probate rules probably you're talking about, Tenny? 
Um, probate and Medicaid. Okay. So the most important point here is that if somebody would like to have a little bit more in-depth information and um, just call the office and they'd be happy right. to uh, send you some information. Yes, we do ask that if you plan to attend one of these seminars that you call in to uh, give us your name and how many people will be attending so we know we will have enough seats for you. And so are these seminars mostly for older people or for general people or people of any ages or, or what? They are generally for people who are 50-ish and up because they are oriented to um, estate planning and uh, Medicaid and so forth. But on our way over here, I was telling Peter that I, I hoped he mentioned how important it is for younger people to have certain documents in place as well, particularly if you have children, you should have a will because that's where you name your guardian for your children. Okay, so let's ask um, a little bit of information about you and your background. Tenny, where did you go to college? Where did you go to law school? I went to undergrad college at Clark University, the same place you got your bachelor's degree. Oh, I forgot. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was Great school. Great school. It is a good school. Yes. I was actually a geography major, and I loved that really? subject because you could study anything that varied across the face of the earth. <laughs> and whenever I so, get lost, she gives me little maps of how to get to places. Well, at least you ask for directions. <laughs> my yes. head always goes north. I don't know. Um, and then um, I worked for many years, both for Governor Dukakis and other folks, uh, the mayor of New Bedford, and eventually went to work for Girl Scouts at the regional office in Middleborough and worked there for 16 years. But I wanted to do something else, so I went to law school part-time while I was working full-time, and that was at what is now the UMass Dartmouth Law School on Fonts Corner Road. How amazing. That's awesome. So you have your law degree from there, and um, you've also done a lot of work in the past in the area of historic preservation. Can you mention that just briefly? Yes, we've talked about this before, but I was um, the city of New Bedford's first director of historic preservation way back in the 1970s, um, and then did a lot of work with Whale to renovate the um, main historic district downtown. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work, and um, New Bedford is such a great city. Indeed. And what kind of things do you do to stay current in the law, or what organizations do you belong to that impact um, senior planning or estate planning, for example? Our firm belongs to two organizations which are extremely helpful and uh, informative. One is the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys. That's a rather elite group that's headquartered out of San Diego, but it's a national group, and it's recommended by Susie Orman and Money Magazine and so forth. And we are the only firm in southeastern Massachusetts that belongs to that uh, organization. The second group is the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, the Massachusetts chapter of NALA. And that, again, is extremely um, helpful and informative about issues that relate to um, elderly people, about nursing homes, about Social Security, VA veterans benefits, and so forth. So I guess because you were a geography major and you know how to get around maps, you can help 
people map out what they need to do for estate planning. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it's so hard to keep up uh, <laughs> with aye, aye. your little sayings. <laughs> well, I'm doing it every week. <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch gears for a minute. Um, what's your um, website and how do people reach you if they want to look at the website for the law firm? The website has a little bit of an odd name. It's www.living-trusts.com. Um, and we may someday change that uh, to something that's a little bit easier to remember, but uh, it's living-trusts.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And do you do things like email newsletters and to keep in touch with people and keep them current? We do email newsletters. We also send out reminders on about every three-year basis to all of our clients to remind them to come back in for a checkup, a free checkup with our firm to make sure that their documents are still relevant and um, work with in relation to the uh, new laws that might be in place and so forth. So we keep in touch with our clients as much as we can. And that's obviously important to do. We talk almost every week about making sure that your documents are in order and updated because as everybody knows lots happen lots of things happen in life and you could have a divorce you could have a, a, a death you could have a new uh, grandchild so much going on so you do need to keep updated with all your documents and the laws change and strategies about the laws change <laughs> so it's it's very important to keep coming in for checkups so, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest this morning is Attorney Tenny Lance. And, Tenny, do you find that most people have done wills and trusts and estate plans or most people have not? No, the statistics that we have seen show that about two-thirds of uh, Americans do not have any plans at all. No will, no trust. And the other one-third have uh, a sort of a split between either a will or a trust. And if you don't have either and um, you unfortunately die, you will die what's called intestate, which sounds like a very bad disease. It means that you have died without any instructions to your family or to the world at large about how you wish to leave your assets. Mm, Wow. So what happens then? What happens if somebody dies and they have not done a will or a trust? Do they go through probate court, for example? Yes, um, the probate action is called an administration when you die without a will, and uh, the court then applies um, the laws that are in place in Massachusetts as to who will receive what amount of your estate. Why do you think it is that most people just don't act on it? I think there are a couple of reasons. One is because people procrastinate. That's just the way people are. I think the other is that they are maybe confused about laws, and uh, they may think it's too expensive. There may be a lot of reasons. Right. Superstition, but, possibly. Yeah. Yes, wow. that's true. A lot of people think that if they go ahead and prepare a will or a trust, oh, that means they're going to die. My goodness. So do you have any guarantee about that? <laughs> well, I try. Oh, Your goodness. mother was like that. She never wanted to do a will because she thought that was going to cause her death. Isn't that something? You know, we're all getting older. Witness the fact that I just had a a birthday. And um, one of the things that Maurice Chevalier said was, growing old isn't so bad when you consider the alternative. (laughs) So we're all going to get there someday, aren't we? Oh, yes. So, Tenny, is there anything recently that when you do your seminars, do you talk about, like, 
recent changes? Is it more complicated now to go through probate than it used to be? Um, it's not exactly more complicated. It's more uh, expensive. It's supposed to, by the new law, be more efficient and quick to go through probate, but it's taken the probate court a number of years to get their um, processes in order in order to be able to do that. It's getting a lot better, but probate still takes time, and it's still expensive in terms of court fees and legal fees. When you think of it and, uh, and uh, price it out, the cost of probate versus the cost of preparing a trust is sometimes about the same so that why not do a trust to begin with and you can avoid the probate process altogether. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody is listening today and they really haven't done anything or they haven't done anything for a long time, what's the most important thing they should do? Just come to see you, for example? Go Please. to a seminar? Please call our office at 508-998-8800. Speak with either Millie or Paula. They most often answer the phone. They're both very friendly, nice folk, and they would be happy to set up an appointment for you. Easy as that. Or somebody could go to one of your seminars, too, and get more information, right? Absolutely. We will be doing seminars uh, in the greater New Bedford area in October. They will be October 15th, 17th, and 19th. We don't quite know the times or the locations yet, but our marketing director is working on that. And I just want to make a reminder, folks, this will cost you probably more money. If you don't follow through now and take Tenny's advice, you are going to pay on the other end when the probate is all done and probably more. So it's very good advice that you're giving, and folks, it's time to act. Is that a fair statement, Tenny? Is it more costly to go through probate than to do other kinds of planning? Well, the answer, um, unfortunately, is it depends. Uh, depends on how complex your estate may be, how many assets, and how they're held. But probate is not a fun process. You're uh, at the mercy of the court. The court um, staff is getting much more used to the new uniform probate code, but still the cost of uh, probate on the one hand versus a trust on the other comes out to be very similar, and the trust process is ever so much easier on your family. Mm, you bet. It's easier on your family, and uh, I know you mentioned it briefly, but it's also much more private. Uh, can you explain a little bit more in detail about why it's private? Sure. Everything that uh, happens in the probate court is a public process. Your records are all there, including the inventory of your assets, who's going to be the beneficiary of your assets and so forth. And anybody and everybody can uh, go to court and look up those documents. The trust process is totally private. It's done between us as attorneys and your um, family representatives or whoever you have named as your successor trustees and beneficiaries. It's it's a very uh, thoughtful and uh, beneficial process. And does it take a long time to go through probate in Massachusetts? What's the typical time frame? The um, minimum that we suggest to people is a year because creditors have a year to file their claims against your estate. And so if your estate is fully paid out and lo and behold, in the 11th month, a creditor comes along and says, you owe me, then the uh, so-called personal representative 
used to be executor, but that doesn't exist anymore. The personal representative is personally responsible to take care of that creditor. Mm-hmm. Denny, you know, you've been talking a lot about estate planning. Um, what is it, What is an estate? Oh, an estate, uh, some people think that they don't have estates because they don't have huge houses and, and lots and lots of bank accounts. Right. An estate is anything that you own. It's your house, no matter of what size. It's your car. It's your bank account. It's your IRA. It's your uh, any retirement savings, um, stocks, savings bonds. All kinds of things are in your estate. Okay. And um, I want to make, make one other interesting little observation and quotation. Mm-hmm. This is from Betty Davis. Remember Betty Davis, of the course. movie star? Of course. She said... Growing old is not for sissies. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> but we all get there, and we all want to get there, don't we? Well, yes. <laughs> you know, it's better than the alternative. You know, uh, um, th- there was a, a survey just released by Harris Poll, and most Americans say 50 is nifty. If there was a perfect age <clears throat> that people could uh, stay with, uh, it's 50 years old for men and 54 for women. They say this would be the perfect age if you could live forever at that age. And 60 is icky and <laughs> 70 is plenty. And right. <laughs> so on and so 70 forth. is not plenty. <laughs> no, it's not. Speaking as someone who is approaching. Well, we're going to come back in just a couple of minutes right after a short break, and we're going to continue our conversation with attorney Tenny Lance, and she's talking about estate planning and protecting assets. And so we'll get into a little bit more specifics on that. And thank you for listening. And if you want to reach Tenny, you can call her at 508-998-8800. And we'll be right back. know 60 is the new 50 and 70 is the new 60 and the guy goes what about 80 he's like nah 80 still 80 you're screwed (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) 80 still 80 (laughs) very very nice great great first half all set Welcome back to the Money Wise Radio Show with the Money Guys and the Money Madam, your protector. How's I like that? that, the Money Madam. Mm-hmm. I, I think like we've, it. Too. I think we've called you the Money Maven before, but I like Money Madam better. Although it has sort of a sinful connotation, doesn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. Well, thank you, Tenny Lance. I'm a Girl Scout. Attorney That's Tenny. Right. <laughs> Attorney Tenny Lance is with us this morning, and we're talking about uh, her upcoming seminars that she's going to be doing on Cape Cod. And, Tenny, can you talk again about the location of the seminars on the Cape and when they, where they'll be and when they'll be? Sure. Uh, the first one is on Thursday, September 26th at the Holiday Inn in Hyannis. And there are two times on that day, one for people who like to come out in the afternoon and one for people who might have to work and come at night. So it's either two p.m. in the afternoon or 6 p.m. in the evening. And then on Saturday, the 28th of September, at the Four Points in East Ham, and that's a morning seminar, 10 Mm a.m. 
So, Tenny, we've been talking during the first half of the show about probates and what it means to go through the probate process and what is in your estate and so forth. What happens, what do you do, what does a person do if they have assets in more than one state? If they have a trust, it's not a difficult situation. If they do not, if they have only wills, then they are facing probates in multiple locations. Um, it's, it's a matter of changing title, and so the title has to be changed in whatever uh, location, jurisdiction, the property is located in. So if you had somebody whose primary residence was in Massachusetts and maybe they had a winter home in Florida or something like that, they could be looking at more than one probate then. That's correct. Okay. It's called ancillary probates. Sounds like a dirty word. (laughs) What's, What's the living probate process about? What does that mean exactly? I think living probate is even more scary and worse than death probate. If you are incapacitated, either mentally or physically or hopefully not both, then somebody has to act on your behalf to protect either your assets or your body. And so living probate is the process of going to court to have somebody legally appointed to take care of your body, and that's called a guardianship, or to go to court to take care of your property, and that's called a conservatorship. If you uh, are unable to do those things, then you have to go through those two processes. So you can avoid that with a living trust. And are there other documents besides a living trust that you might use to have uh, somebody help you make decisions, for example? There are several other documents that we recommend that you have um, with or without a trust, but hopefully with a trust. The first is a durable power of attorney for property that uh, can avoid a conservatorship because the person that you name as your agent can handle the property matters, the business matters for you. The other documents <clears throat> excuse me, are health-related, and they are a health care proxy. If you have one of those officially done in the state, then you can avoid a guardianship because that person can take care of your body for you. And other health documents are the HIPAA form. Uh, HIPAA is a federal law that says that no one but you are allowed to look at your medical records. Uh, If somebody is going to make a medical decision for you, it would certainly be well if they could look at your records. So HIPAA names the people who you um, identify in your health care proxy and other documents to be able to look at those records. So basically what you're saying is that if you did a trust, then you could avoid probate. If you do durable powers of attorney and health care proxies, then you can perhaps avoid conservatorships and guardianships, mm-hmm. and somebody can make decisions for you. Is that essentially correct? That's correct, and it's even more important since the Uniform Probate Code was passed in Massachusetts in 2009 because the code uh, made the provisions that those documents can be used in a legal way to carry out either care for your body or your property. Okay. Let's switch gears for a second. We're talking, ladies and gentlemen, with attorney Tenny Lance, and let's talk about taxes and specifically estate taxes. Do you ever have anybody goes into your office and says, I don't care if I pay estate taxes. You know, I've made a lot of money, and I'm happy to pay whatever estate taxes the government wants to get from me. 
Does anybody ever say that to you? Actually, some have. Not really? very many. Hmm. <laughs> so what, what do most people want to do for estate taxes? Well, estate taxes are the um, federal and Massachusetts taxes that are due and payable upon the death of the second spouse or upon the death of an individual if they're not married, if their estate is worth more than a million dollars. Um, and so most people who come into me with that kind of asset base are seeking to escape estate taxes. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, do most people have to worry about estate taxes or only people with fairly large assets? Well, the interesting thing is that the real estate market is recovering and the stock market is recovering. And people who only a couple of years ago may have thought that they didn't really have a lot are now finding that when they add everything together, life insurance, IRAs, houses, and so forth, that their estate is approaching the million-dollar level or even exceeding that amount. And those are the folks who really need to do a living trust to avoid those taxes. How high can the taxes be? In Massachusetts, the maximum estate I'm sorry, a state tax rate is 16%, but it gets there very quickly. Mm -hmm. In the federal case, the exemption is high. It's $5 million, uh, and the maximum rate is 40%. Oh, my. So if you're owing federal estate taxes, you will pay a bundle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the uh, federal exemption amount, from what I understand, um, is not going to impact too many people. And the exemption amount this year, for example, is probably about $5.2 million with inflation. So it it doesn't impact a lot of people listening today. Um, But the important thing, I guess, is that if you have proper estate planning done and you're a married couple, you can protect two times that amount. Right. You can shelter two two exemptions. Two times a million-dollar amount. Or on the federal level, two times $5 million. Yes, and, and during your seminars, you teach people how they can either minimize or avoid paying these taxes, right? We do. That's awesome. This is why it's so important, folks, that you jot down the number and uh, give uh, Tenny Lance a call. The call again, the number again is 508-998-8800. And if you just mention that you're calling about the seminars, um, either Millie or Paula or whoever answers will be able to um, take your reservation and uh, let you know when some other ones might be in the uh, October time frame. So what you're saying is if somebody doesn't do estate planning and doesn't do proper planning, they could end up paying more estate taxes than they would have to otherwise. That's correct. And when do you have to file an estate tax return? The estate tax return, called the M706, is due within nine months of the death. And so if we decide that we have to file on a particular estate, then we have to do it within nine months. What sometimes happens is that money is due and payable, or there are penalties and fees attached to it within that nine-month period. And so you will see sometimes estate sales because people have to gather up enough cash to pay the estate taxes. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you happen to be worth more than a million dollars and you're a married couple, um, if you don't do estate planning, then you can pay more money out to the Massachusetts government than you would otherwise need Mm -hmm. to do. 
And again, that's everything, including life insurance, uh, you know, a boat, all of your property, everything all added up uh, is, is that million dollars. But also, even if you, uh, you know, are not in that category, just doing wills or uh, simple documents can greatly uh, <clears throat> help you and especially your family. Mm-hmm. Teddy, when you're doing planning, do you ever have people who have concerns about children who might be disabled, for example? We certainly see more and more of that. Um, it is a difficult situation with, with children facing um, various types of special needs, and there are certainly things that need to be done in particular to avoid disrupting any public benefits that those special needs people are receiving. And what if you have animals that you want to have taken care of, for example? Is there a way to do that in there the trust is. planning? Massachusetts just allowed the addition of pet trusts to regular trusts. And uh, so if you have a, an animal that you want to be sure is brought to the vet or properly fed or whatever by your best friend, you can certainly put pet trust information into your documents. Now, for folks, Ray and uh, Tenny and uh, Peter, for folks who think they're just going to hand things down to their children, is there a, a right way and a wrong way to do this? Uh, do they think that it's just going to, well, I'm going to hand it off to the kids so I don't, really don't have to worry about all of this? Well, an awful lot of people come into my office and say, I think I'm going to transfer this bank account or I'm going to give my house to my children right now. Right. And uh, stock accounts, houses, all those kinds of things are assets that you should not be considering giving to your children. They have what's called an appreciated basis in general. And if you give it while you are alive, then you will uh, provide a capital gains tax issue for the children. And it's a little bit complicated. I won't get into mm-hmm. all of it now. It, well, it, it can be complicated. But, you know, Phil, one of the biggest things that you just mentioned is is what, what uh, you know, she sees quite a bit is people who – think that they're going to give the money to the kids or, or transfer the house to the kids, and then, you know, the kids get a divorce, the kids get into a car accident and become sued. Once in a while you see a kid um, or hear about a kid who <clears throat> gets the house and kicks his own parent out so he can go and live in the house or sell the house and make the money. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that happens. Kids, wow. kids fighting with their siblings over who gets what. I mean, there's a, a, a host of different reasons why it's not a good idea to do that, both financially and for keeping the peace in the family. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another reason to think about doing trust then, I guess, isn't it? You know, Leona Helmsley, remember that name sure, in New York of City? Course. Uh, she was a very wealthy lady, but she left something like $4 million for her, her dog. Or oh, what, was it her dog? Was it yeah. a dog or a cat? I think it was dog. I think dog. it was a dog. Mm-hmm. It's gone by this time either way. <laughs> so, okay. But what Peter says is absolutely true. <laughs> People come into my office with concerns about family feuds and the documents that you put in place before your death can help to avoid that. One of the saddest things I see are kids come in and say, my brother won't speak to me and Mm -hmm. I now have to uh, figure out how to uh, give the assets out in a proper way. What do I do? Yeah, that's a huge problem. Well, um, you can also make arrangements to have assets held for somebody for a longer period of time, like age 25 or age 35, for example. Oh, yes. You can set the rules in establishing your documents. You can 
say that uh, children won't get anything until they're 25 or 35 or whatever. We had one um, client who was, I believe, in her 80s, and she (laughs) established a rule that um, her son, who was in his 60s, was not going to get any more than so much per year because he just wasn't uh, a rational person yet. (laughs) I've seen that myself He was a big spender, huh? Well, there's all kinds of reasons. You know, sometimes they trust the children, but they don't trust the person that the child is married to. Yeah, yeah. And so there's all kinds of reasons, and every family is different. Um, Tenny, does your seminar that you do talk at all about, you know, protecting assets from a nursing home, for example? I know that's part Mm -hmm. of what you do. Yes, the seminars do touch on that. Uh, It's a very complicated subject, Medicaid, and so we um, are – doing some kind of surface discussion of the, the whole process. Um, but we encourage people to come in and sit down and talk with us if they have a Medicaid uh, concern either now or in the future um, because Medicaid is uh, becoming more and more complicated. Now, I, this is a subject that could take an entire hour or longer to discuss, but are there some real basic things that people might want to know about Medicaid in general and transferring assets in general? The most important thing to think about when you're talking about transferring assets, if you have a nursing home looming in your future or some concern, is that the federal government and the state government require that you provide them with five years of financial information, five past years. It's called the five-year look back. So if you're going to give your house away in 2013, and expect to get on Medicaid in 2014, it's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. they, the governments will find out, and uh, you will be disqualified from Medicaid. So the uh, look-back period is the five years, and the disqualifying period for gifts um, that were not made properly is uh, complex and doesn't begin until you're in the nursing home and broke. So... Um, Come and, and talk to us at our seminar in our office about this. It's pretty complicated, right. very concerning. And uh, let me just jump to Peter for one quick second and talk about, uh, Peter, what do you do that uh, deals with assets and helps people financially? Uh, just about everything that people ask of uh, you and of um, uh, myself. We, uh, we do basically everything from the smallest to the largest uh, type of assistance with your financial goals, with your financial questions. Uh, We can do everything from, again, answering a simple question over the phone or if you come in in person. Uh, We do everything from credit card uh, consolidation to uh, complete financial goals and, uh, you know, transferring 401ks, doing IRA rollovers, doing just about everything. Uh, How how does somebody reach you? We can give us a call at 508-998. 8858. Um, and we really are a one-stop shop for any type of uh, financial goals or questions that you have. Good. A lot, of, lot with life insurance, a lot with annuities. Mm. Tenny, let's jump back to uh, nursing homes uh, for a minute. And uh, what does it typically cost in our area here, greater New Bedford, southeastern Mass, the Cape, for one year in a nursing home? The costs are rising as we speak. Um, the cost average in this area is about $100,000 a year. That translates to about $300 a day 
but I just heard recently of a client who was going to be charged over $500 a day for some kind of special care. The costs are really out of sight and can break a family's financial base in a very short time. Do you you think that uh, seniors perhaps listening today, do you think that nursing home um, possibility is a concern for them? Oh, yes. Um, People... People understand that they're going to die, and they don't really fear that, but the largest percentage comes in speaking about their fear of of going to a nursing home, not only because it's a loss of independence, but it's a a tremendous burden financially. And I think probably most people, if they could, would choose to protect as much as they can uh, from the nursing home. What about um, Medicaid? Is Medicaid available for everybody, or, or, or is it not? Medicaid is a program for those in financial need. So in order to be eligible, you have to, as a single person, have no more than $2,000 of countable assets. And for a married couple, that number rises to about 120000 But uh, that's not really a huge amount of money for people to consider having for the rest of their lives. So whether it's single or married, it's a difficult a financial situation for most people. But if somebody was interested in trying to protect as much of their money and their assets as possible, are there things that they can do? Are there strategies that you could advise them about, for example? That's what we do. Um, that's our role, to help people protect as much as they can, not necessarily from the nursing home. Nursing homes get bad raps. Nursing homes do their best to take good care of people. But the state wants to be reimbursed for every dime that it spends on your behalf. Uh, And those are the um, uh, recovery programs that are managed by the Massachusetts Estate Recovery Program. So we try to do what we can to help people avoid that estate recovery. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is interested in just having some general information right now, are they able to reach out to you and perhaps get some reports on some of these things? Yes, the uh, American Academy is very good at producing on behalf of all of its members these brochures that are instructive, informative um, for people, and we'd be happy to send them out to you if you just call our phone number at 508-998-8800. And what about long-term care insurance? Do you typically recommend long-term care insurance or can people afford it? Long-term care insurance is the type of insurance that is uh, underwritten in the sense that it requires um, the younger the person, um, the more healthy the person, the lesser the premium will be. And so, yes, we certainly recommend it for anyone who is somewhat younger, 50s or so, um, and healthy. It gets to be uh, too costly, too expensive when you get up to be 75, 80 or so. Long-term care insurance is very useful for protecting the house in Massachusetts if you meet the state minimum. Uh, but that's complicated, and we'll talk about that later. Well, long-term, long-term care insurance can be extremely useful. Uh, but uh, as my mother just said, with everything, and we talk about this almost every week, it's important to plan uh, and do things earlier. The earlier you do something, usually the less money it's going to cost you, and that's certainly, and, and most importantly, the case with long-term care insurance. Mm-hmm. 
And then I know you do other things like uh, you do Medicaid trust sometimes, and that purpose of that, I assume, is to protect the house primarily and maybe other assets? Yes, we, um, we do what's called irrevocable income-only trusts, and in general we would place somebody's house in that trust to protect it ultimately from Medicaid. But, uh, again, you need that five-year planning time frame. Uh, the, as Peter said, it's very important to plan earlier than later because sometimes there aren't any options later. Well, that brings up a good question. If you put your house into a Medicaid trust and then later you decided to move into a different house, can you do that? The trustee of that trust, which is not you, but somebody whom you trust, like a daughter or a son, can sell that house and can substitute other assets for the, uh, the house that was in that trust, yes. So there's quite a large variety of different strategies that you're describing that can be used. But um, I guess the most important thing is that you need to start somewhere with some kind of a plan. Is that a fair statement? Yes. When, when people first come to us, pretty much um, we will recommend that they look seriously at a living trust because that will protect um, their assets from probate. And if their estate is over a certain size, help to protect against estate taxes as well. But um, any document is better than no document. So <laughs> wills, durable powers of attorney, all those things. Well, we need to uh, wrap up today. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, these are very complicated subjects, obviously, as you can tell. Um, attorney Tenny Lance has been good enough to talk to us today about wills and probate and trust and Medicaid planning in estate planning and all of these things. Tenny, I want to thank you so much for being available. Yes. Um, as you always are, you're a, a, a well of useful knowledge, and we invite people to come to your seminars. And why don't you just one last time really quickly say what the dates for your seminars are. We do hope you'll come. We love to see more people there all the time. Um, September 26th in Hyannis and September 28th, in East Ham, and then later in October, the 15th, 17th, and 19th in the greater New Bedford area. And uh, thank you, Attorney Lance, for being with us today. We're going to put a gold star on your forehead right now. She already has one. She does. <laughs> did, you, did you call your wife a well? No. Okay, I just want to make sure. No, she's, she's a good person. Thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Our goal, as you know, is to show people how to protect your family and how to protect your money. Uh, today's topic is interesting for a lot of people. We'll continue, and we look forward to talking about Social Security disability uh, very shortly and some other interesting topics. Thank you so much for listening to us every week. And we'll see you next week at this time. We not only appreciate you tuning in, but we want to thank you for your loyalty. This program brought to you by USA Wealth Group. Have a beautiful Sunday and a wonderful week ahead. Shortens.